Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey everyone, welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And today I have the pleasure of having Brenda Leisinger on the episode. She is the Director of Generous Life Ministry at Cahaga Valley Church in Broadview Heights, Ohio. Now, Brenda, I just want to thank you so much for being on the episode. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. Yeah, Leo, thank you for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, it's a real pleasure. Thank you for accepting the invitation. I also want to highlight a couple other things that Brenda does. She has been in stewardship for a long time, but she's also the project director at the Cleveland Leadership Prayer Breakfast and the executive director of the Ohio Stewardship Network. So I would love for you, Brenda, to tell us a little bit about those two organizations and why they're important to you. Yeah, thanks, Leo. The The Cleveland Leadership Prayer Breakfast has been here in Cleveland for now over 30 years. Uh, 2023 will be our 31st year, and it is an evangelistic outreach ministry. It's an annual event where we bring a speaker in from the business or professional community that give their testimony and invite people to accept Christ. Mm. So we're excited uh, about that work that we've been doing here in Cleveland for a very long time. And as a matter of fact, we we do a luncheon that same day in Akron, and uh, we've had 60 to 80 people every year accept Christ. So that's an exciting uh, opportunity for, for us, and I'm blessed to be able to be part of that uh, ministry. Wow, that sounds great. The Ohio Stewardship Network got started as a result of me getting involved with CSN. So uh, I saw what you were doing, Leo, uh, throughout the country, actually throughout the world, and said, gee, why don't we start something like this in Ohio, and we can help each other start our stewardship ministries. It was back in 2017 when I didn't really know what I was doing and needed a lot of help. So we banded together, and we meet quarterly to help each other grow our stewardship ministries, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I have the privilege of, of uh, sitting in on one of your meetings one time and also get the uh, kind of the meeting notes. I so appreciate uh, you adding me in that you don't have to, but I appreciate seeing what you guys are covering. And, and we really are kind of on the same mission, which is to help stewardship leaders learn how to better equip their congregations to, to raise up good stewards and generous givers. And uh, I, I love that you have put that together and that you are uh, directing that effort because... It's such an important aspect of serving this ministry to have people that you can go to and uh, troubleshoot and, and learn from and figure out what they're doing. And, and I think the support is fantastic. So uh, you're doing a great job there. I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Leo. I appreciate that. Well, let's get into today's topic. I really wanted to invite you on and hear your story, but also ask you some questions about the ministry that you're overseeing and how you guys are specifically doing it at uh, Cahaga Valley Church. So let's let's start with, what is your personal stewardship story? How did you get into stewardship? Why? Kind of tell us the story behind that. Um, that that's a really good question. I had no intention of getting into stewardship. As I mentioned, you know, I'm the project director of the Cleveland Leadership Prayer Breakfast and Akron Prayer Luncheon. And that was my ministry. Uh, my ministry was evangelism. And uh, in 2000, 
16, uh, my friend Colleen Kolodzinski at the chapel down in Akron said, gee, do you want to go down to the Christian Stewardship Network conference with me in, in Dallas in 2017? And I'm going, I could, but, you know, I don't do anything in that area. But she's a friend of mine, and I thought it'd be fun for us to travel together. So um, I head on down to Dallas um, after talking with one of our senior pastors, asking if they were interested, and they were. So I said, I'll bring you the notes back. So went to CSN, uh, got four days of great information. Uh, we were down at Gateway, and, and that's when, um, Leo, you guys were offering us an extra day to learn even more. Mm-hmm. Came back with 30 pages of typed notes, and uh, the, <laughs> the executive pastor uh, that I brought all this information to um, wanted to sit down and meet with me about it, and we did, and he said, I really want to start this ministry. What role do you want to play? And I said to him, well, I don't really feel called <laughs> into this. Yeah. And uh, he said to me, well, I'm going to go to the elders and submit your name as the director of the Generous Life Ministry. And I said, well, okay, thinking, you know, it's never going to happen. And a month later, he comes back to me and says, hey, you're the new director of the Generous Life Ministry at Cahaga Valley Church. (laughs) And I found myself actually excited about it. So um, that's the way I got and en- that entered into stewardship ministry, and it, it wasn't a, a, a conscious decision on my part. I, it, it was definitely a God thing, and He pulled me in. And you know, after after being in it for five years, I without a shadow of a doubt, I know I'm exactly where I need to be. Yeah, that's great. Now, do you feel like the reason you're drawn into it? You know, obviously, you weren't looking for a career; you had something going and this wasn't really on your radar per se, but do you feel like it resonated with you because of your experience with with finances and how you were doing that yourself? Or where, where did that personal story connect with, you know, this position being open and feeling like it's the right thing? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, I mentioned Colleen down at the chapel in Akron, and um, I've known her since I was 18 years old. And so she's been passionate about the work that she's doing at the chapel and she's talked to me about it for years and it was just exciting to listen to her and and all the stories that she had about the great success um, at her church and so I had years of stories um, hearing about this and you know when I was presented with the opportunity I happened to be on sabbatical from my regular career and uh, said, gee, why not? I'll give it a shot. And lo and behold, um, I decided not to go back to my regular career. And um, I'm in a volunteer staff position at, uh, at Cahaga Valley Church. So, um, you know, I just, I think it was just really a lot of small steps and um, hearing about it over so many years and seeing how excited Colleen was about it. I thought, well, I could probably do this at CVC as well. Hmm. Interesting. You you definitely are unique in the way you came into this. Uh, most most folks will say that they either had kind of a financial awakening like I did earlier in life and then, you know, from making mistakes and then of course the Lord beginning to train up and help us to understand how to apply it and then we see the need being greater than just us. We realize everyone's struggling with this. And that's uh that's one of the ways people come in. The other one is People just trained to be good stewards from, you know, from their upbringing, their family, their their parents did a great job, and they just when they find out that a majority of people don't do this or struggle with finances, they're like, well, 
I think I can help with that. And uh, so it's interesting the way the Lord kind of roped you in. <laughs> it's not quite the, the normal journey I would have expected, but it's pretty cool to see how he's done it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, is, it is a little bit different. So, But I'm excited to be part of it. Well, he definitely gave you the right skill set uh, to be able to do it. And with the work that you do with the Higher Stewardship Network, not only do you know it, but you're also able to gather people and help them with it and, and support them through that. So it's fantastic. So let's talk about what's most challenging about serving in this ministry for you. What's the most challenging part? Well, and it's changed over the years. So when, when we were first attempting to start this ministry back in 2017, the most challenging part was getting the leadership to buy into it. Hmm. And, and our first step, so I reported to the executive pastor over administration um, at CVC at the time, and his recommendation was we sit down with all the ministry directors, explain what we're wanting to do from a stewardship perspective, and see how we can work together. So we did that. And some reactions were, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, let me think about how we can work together. And others were, oh, I don't see any any opportunity for us to work together in the future and just you know wrote us off so it was uh it was um it took some work let me say that and a a lot of conversations to get leadership buy-in but now i i do believe that we're there um, not only with the leadership team on staff but with the elders uh and I, i we do have a lot of good support the, the other challenge was for me, having had a career in business and running my own company, uh, churches do not run like business. And it was difficult to get anything done in a timely manner, and it still is <laughs> many times. Um, there's some things under my control and some things out of my control. So um, I think those, those were pretty challenging for me. Yeah, that's very good. So I'm curious because I I think this is an issue that most stewardship leaders struggle with. So typically there's two main ways that this topic is addressed in the church or brought about uh, as a focus in the church. And that one is either the the senior pastor understands it and knows that this is a topic that they are somewhat called to talk about. So there are a few pastors out there, senior pastors, that do have a focus on stewardship and generosity, and it's kind of, it's their thing, right? Other pastors have different focuses, but they do. But they're very rare. I've only known of a handful (laughs) in my life, so they're very rare. The other way that it usually happens is that God will tap someone on the shoulder in the congregation, usually not a staff member. It's usually a business leader, a financial person, someone working in the financial services industry, who knows that this is a major issue and wonders, why does my church not talk about this? Why don't they train people how to do this? The Bible says a lot about it, but yet we don't talk about it. And when that happens, it's so much harder to push this upward into leadership to buy in. So I'm curious, what were some of the things that you did that you feel have helped to, to bring about that buy-in from the leadership? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. So I think it started with, um, and I'm going to give uh, CSN credit for, for much of this because having gone to the conference in Dallas, and I've been back every year, but that first conference in Dallas where I came back with 30 pages of typed notes and um, I attended the Stewardship Impact Workshop, that gave me the blueprint for how to start. Hmm. And I took that as the Bible for how to start a stewardship ministry, and we did every step that was in there. 
Um, the meetings with the ministry leaders, I think, were, were crucial to us um, communicating with them what we were wanting to do. The other thing that Dave Briggs uh, advised us to do is when we come out with our first class, make it a great one. Don't, don't, rush, to, um, don't rush to produce something and not do it well. Do it really well. Mm. So we came out with our own version of Financial Peace University that's called Managing Money God's Way, and it was written in-house um, by Ron Dick, one of our Generous Life team members and an elder. And that was a really great class. We also brought Dave Briggs in to do Raising Financially Healthy Kids. And so we're focused on every class that we do. We want to do it with um, excellence. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that we have the right speakers uh, and, and providing just phenomenal information to people because then our reputation starts to grow. And people understand that if they come to one of these classes, they really are going to learn something value, valuable to them, and that will help them move forward. Yeah. There's a couple other things that happened. One was um, I had recommended um, that we bring in some help in the form of uh, Mortarstone, and that turned into not only us hiring Mortarstone, but Horizons. They came in jointly um, and uh, started working with us about a year and a half ago. And at the same time, uh, one of our members, one of our elders, um, was in a similar position that I had. I used to do IT consulting work, and uh, we have someone else now, volunteer on staff, who is in a similar position for a different company, uh, came on staff at the executive level to help the executive team get organized and uh, he is very much a supporter of uh, the Generous Life team and has become a part of the team. Mm. So now in, in, uh, in our org chart, uh, he's, he's the, I guess I would best describe him as the operations manager, but he's also an elder. So the fact that he is an elder, we have the elder team support, we have the executive team support, uh, we brought in Mortarstone and Horizons, and the work that they've done have been exceptional. And their um, mentoring of our senior leadership has been outstanding and has helped us move forward much faster than we could have done it on our own. Mm. Uh, I still love that because so many times we think, you know, we need to, as the stewardship leader or champion, we need to somehow influence the pastor. But one of the things that I've run across in the three different churches I've served in this area is that I don't have direct access to the senior pastor, and I'm not likely to build that relationship, not because he's above me or whatever. It's not that at all. It's just we're different um, season of life, so to speak, so the, there's not a natural connection. And so I could have a meeting with him. I could share some ideas, but it's just a meeting, and and it's not an ongoing relationship where I can influence them, but then bringing some organization that is designed to help the church move forward in some way that the pastor wants to have happen, and then have that mentoring happen through that relationship is a, is a very effective way to help pastors really get something that you as a stewardship leader may know and can communicate, but it's not going to be heard at the same way that it will from someone at that level, whether it's a mentorship or a consultant or some organization that's going to come in. So I love the fact that they're mentoring your pastor or and your leadership team because that's 
that's really what it takes is for them to really understand and grasp it. And I'm sure you've tried, but for some reason, we're not always able to make that connection and make that communication come across like it should. Well, it's interesting that, that, that it works that way, but I, I knew that because I came out of the consulting world and I know, you know, having been hired as a consultant, that I will walk into a client and the client, uh, whoever the executive is, that the client will listen to me. I, even though their own people have been telling them exactly the same thing as I, maybe I, what I'm saying, right. they don't right. listen to their folks. They'll listen right. to the person that they're paying to, t- to give them advice. And so I know that. Um, I lived that for years in my secular career. So I was excited to be able to bring in um, Waterstone and Horizons. And, um, and they, as I said, they've just done an outstanding job of, of helping to mentor uh, the executive team. Well, I do hope that you're enjoying this conversation and we're going to come right back to it. But I want to take just a minute to introduce you to one of our ministry partners. CSN's ministry would not be possible without the help of our partners. And frankly, we wouldn't want to do it without them. What they offer to churches and church leaders through services, content, and resources that they have is invaluable to building a healthy stewardship ministry and helping their people to become good stewards and generous givers. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Christian Financial Resources. Christian Financial Resources is a not-for-profit organization with a mission of funding ministry, changing lives. Since 1980, hundreds of ministry projects have received funding through CFR. These projects include land acquisitions, loan refinances, and the construction improvement of church buildings, parsonages, schools, and various other facilities operated by those congregations. CFR currently manages more than $750 million in total assets while serving nearly 7,000 investment accounts. In addition to loans and investments, CFR offers stewardship services, donor advised funds, legacy planning, life income agreements, capital campaigns, and generosity initiatives. To learn more about Christian Financial Resources, call 800-881-3863 or visit cfrministry.org. So in regards to the ministry itself, uh, what are you focused on most right now, and what are what problems are you solving? Well, okay, so our focus this year um, has been, we've had two big things going on. One is we introduced JOGS, Journey of Generosity Retreats. Mm. That has made a huge difference. Now, we haven't, uh, we had five JOGS, let me back up. I attended an online jog along with um, the operations manager. He and I attended an online jog in December just to feel it out and said, this is phenomenal. We want to bring this to the church. We ran five jogs uh, from January to April in person. What I saw, and I measured this just recently, I saw anywhere from a 17% to over 100% increase in giving, and that is regular giving, not one time. As a result of people attending these jogs. That's great. Um, We now are looking at doing a churchwide jog next year. And one of the exciting things about these jogs is I was able to get some members of the executive team in there in person. I was able to get uh, two, well now three of the elders to attend the jog. and, And they're so passionate about what they saw 
they started leading the charge about wanting to do um, a church-wide jog. So that's been really exciting for us. The second thing, and we're working with Mortarstone on this, we are now starting to introduce gift planning, uh, gifts that are Mm non-cash assets. Mm -hmm. And we have not done that in the past. Um, We're just getting started with it. Mortarstone will be working with us through the end of next year uh, on this initiative. We just uh, started running some classes, uh, Generosity and Legacy Design Workshop, and just last week ran Tax Smart Giving, and we ran an estate planning workshop. Uh, so we're, we're looking to move into non-cash gifts, which I think will help us achieve our goal of increasing giving to the point where we can expand some of our ministries. And that's what it's all about. It's not about raising money, so to speak. It's, it's about ministry. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're all about discipling people to understand what the Bible says, that we don't own it, that, that God owns it, and we're just the stewards. And uh, the vision that I get excited about is, is in Exodus 36, where they're uh, gathering all the materials needed to build the tabernacle to the point where Moses has to give an order to say, to stop giving. <laughs> We have enough. You've brought enough. We don't know what to do with it all. You have given us too much. That's my vision for CVC. I would love for the senior pastor to stand up in the pulpit and say, church, stop giving. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where we're trying to get. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's so true that when you are focusing on raising up good stewards, then generosity will be the outflow of that. But yet, sometimes churches focus on the outflow first instead of equipping the saints for the work of ministry. They're just asking them to give a check, or and it's such short-sightedness because by people giving without actually being good stewards, they might give a little bit here and there as they can, but it's short-lived, and it's not a lifelong thing. Whereas if we really train up folks to be good stewards and see things the way the Scripture defines it, which is that we don't own anything, that we actually get to work with God in the work He's doing, and He entrusts these resources to us, and we're supposed to contribute to that work. And equipping people to live their lives well, to have their finances in order, and then have that surplus to give, is that's a long-term strategy where someday there may be a church out there that says, okay, folks, we have everything. Thank you. Please stop giving. <laughs> Give somewhere else. <laughs> I would love to see that day. I um, would too. Yeah, I would love to see some churches say, hey, we did this program, and we got more, and we told them, that's all we need. Thank you. Stop. That, uh, that is, has, I'm not aware of that ever happening in real life outside of the, the, the stories and scriptures that we know of, but that would be exciting. All right, so what concerns you the most and what excites you the most about stewardship ministry? You know, let me talk about what excites me the most. It, it is seeing changes happen in people. It's walking in. One day I walked in to the lobby of our church, and there was a, a the women's ministry was meeting that day, and a lady from the other side of the, the, the foyer area, she points at me and she says, you helped me get out of debt. <laughs> I'm going, well, thank you. It wasn't me, but... <laughs> yeah. And I've had, you know, I've had a number of people approach me with those sorts of comments about 
how much the workshops that we're providing, the information that we're providing, the discipleship that we're giving people, the financial coaching that we're doing is making a difference. And I just want people to, you know, have hearts that are generous regardless of what they have. And I'm we, we played for our TechSmart Giving work, Workshop. We opened with the three-minute video, Handful of Rice, that talks about a people group in India that's the poorest of the poor. And every day when they cook their meal, they take a handful of rice and they put it in a bucket to donate to the church. And in a year and a half, just doing that, they raised a million and a half U.S. dollars. Mm. So it doesn't take millionaires to fund the kingdom. It takes everybody with a generous heart just to give whatever they have. Mm-hmm. And, and all of that together will fuel the ministry. That's what gets me excited uh, about stewardship is just changing people's hearts. That's really good. Any concerns that you have regarding stewardship? Well, you know, probably my concerns are, are the same as everybody else's that's in ministry, and that's, you know, having enough staff and um, I think I mentioned I'm, I'm a non-paid staff person at uh, CVC, and we're actually looking to build that up so that we have more people on staff who are in a position like me where I can, I can work there and, and not get paid because I've finished my other career. I would love to have more staff uh, that's devoted to me. I don't have any right now. I would like to have some <laughs> that's devoted to stewardship ministry. Um, so I, I think that's a concern for every ministry. They're always understaffed. And then the other thing for us is we are in transition with our senior pastor looking to move back to his home state of California for family reasons. And we're sad to see him go, but excited about the possibilities mm-hmm. and that God has planned for him. But that means we have a new lead pastor coming in uh, don't know, uh, you know, how they feel about stewardship and generosity or where their hearts are at regarding that. So we've just spent, you know, five years working with our our leadership team and executive teams so that we're all on the same page. And now we have a new leader coming. So that's, you know, we'll see. Uh, God, it's in God's hands and and he's in control. So I'm I'm trusting that that the right person uh, will come and they'll be very supportive of what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I join you in that prayer. I, I know how difficult it can be. Uh, actually, our church went through that same thing uh, late last year into this year. So our pastor that was part of that church for, well, since he was a young man, became a youth pastor and eventually the senior pastor um, got called away to a different uh, church in a different state. So, you know, he walked through the process. You know, I knew him personally, so I understood and everybody agreed that this was a God thing. But it still was difficult to find someone that could step into that role. Fortunately, God did provide that. But I had built three years' worth of conversations and pouring into him, helping him to understand that this needs to be a, a, more of an emphasis in our church, that we need to teach people on finances. And, and he was moving along that, that path. He actually taught a four-week series on finances the summer before, um, so last summer you know, before he left. And now I have to start all over with this new pastor. And I think there's an open door there. In fact, I have a meeting to meet now just with him, but with the whole staff uh, early next month. But it, I understand your concern, and I think it's something that as stewardship leaders, we understand the importance of having this p- be part of our congregation and part of our uh, culture, part of our DNA. 
but sometimes pastors don't understand it. So I pray that that the transition, uh, first of all, that God would bring someone that already understands this. But if they don't, or if they don't understand to the level that He wants them to, that they would be open to that, and that the leadership would be able to speak into it, and that they would embrace it, because it's such an important part of the life of the church and of every believer. And uh, first of all, I'm, I'm glad you're there. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. So I pray both that you get a pastor that gets it or will get it quick and that you'll get some staff so you can do more because uh, you do a great job already. But I'd love to see more coming out of your church. I appreciate that, uh, Leo. Um, you, you can never have enough prayer. And uh, we, we look forward to seeing what God has planned for us. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, we, we can even grow even faster you know, next year when or whenever we have a new leader, who knows? Yeah. But we're excited about the future. Yeah, that's great. Well, from a numbers point, our our church actually has grown since this new pastor's come in. Uh, I, we are we went to church yesterday, my wife and I, and we we came. We were not late, but we were you know just a couple minutes before church started, maybe five minutes. And I pulled into the parking lot, and I parked the furthest out I've ever parked in the parking <laughs> lot, which was just an indication that God's growing because there's more cars in the parking lot and they added rows in the back, an extra row on every aisle. And uh, so there's numerical growth, but there's also spiritual growth. So God can certainly do things through these kind of transition to move the church to another level. And I pray that's the case for you guys. Well, let me, let me ask you one more question before we end here today. And that is, what is the best advice that you would give a stewardship leader or a stewardship champion? You know, um, so I guess it depends on whether they're just starting out or whether, you know, they've been doing it for a while. So I'm, I'm going to focus on those that are trying to start stewardship ministries at their churches. Okay. And this is going to sound like a commercial. It's going to sound like you paid me to say this, but CSN was the best thing that I could have ever done. That four days down in Dallas in 2017 set me on a path that gave me the opportunity to learn exactly what I needed to do to start a stewardship ministry. And then the second piece of that was when I got home, I intentionally got on the phone and scheduled one-on-one -on -one discussions with every member of the board of directors <laughs> with CSN. <laughs> yep. So I could pick their brains and learn about what I needed to do to take the next step forward. And, and all of you, Leo, you and, and, and Dave and Chris and everybody has been so helpful in directing us and giving us advice on what's the next path that um, I, I wholeheartedly would endorse CSN as the first step for anyone trying to start a stewardship ministry. Well, you are right. I did not cue you up for that, and I didn't ask you to say anything, but I appreciate just your honesty. Uh, it is something that I personally can say. When I was a stewardship pastor at Gateway Church, just starting out, connecting to CSN is what helped me to understand how to continue to build and learn about what it takes to build a successful, thriving stewardship ministry. So what I love about CSN and what you have described is that everyone's willing. You know, when you reached out and said, hey, can we have a conversation? It never crosses our minds that, you know, can we, should we? It's like, yeah, it's just an automatic yes, because this is something that we understand how powerful it is to have that information at the front end of building the ministry, really learning about the why and the how and the what. And uh, all of us have done it, you know, so it's we're not coming as necessarily experts. It's just that we have done some things that this person or 
this leader is about to do and having that information is so, so important to have a successful start, being able to know how to communicate, even forming the right language. Like how do you introduce this sometimes difficult topic to bring up? A lot of folks don't want to talk about money, especially because sometimes the church wasn't they didn't do a good job of communicating about it in the past. Maybe they had a failed project or something where people felt like it was all about the money. So it is a difficult topic, but such an important one. So I appreciate you mentioning CSN. I, Again, just not because I work here, but because I benefited from CSN before I was ever on the board or, or worked here. It's that it was such a vital lifeline for me as a stewardship leader. So I agree with you on all of that. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, one more thing, Leo, if I could, for those <laughs> who have been in the trenches for a while, and I know this is true of me, there were days when I just sat there and said, Lord, are you sure you want me to do this? <laughs> because <laughs> it can be tough. It can be tough. And um, on my whiteboard, I just have written in big, bold letters, God's timing. It's not necessarily our timing that kind of goes back to, you know, I'm used to working in business and I'm used to getting things done on a certain timeline. And that's not how the church works. And uh, I would just encourage those who are in that position right now to don't lose hope. Um, keep at it. Um, get on the phone. Call others who are, are doing the same thing that you're doing. I, you know, I have a few people that I call on a regular basis to go, hey, here's here's what I'm dealing with. Talk me through it so I can get through this day and keep going and doing the work that God's called me to do. So yeah, that's good. I just thought about the the three P's that we need to impl implement. And that's prayer, patience, and perseverance. You know, that that's you could say that about any ministry and certainly about our walk as faithful followers of Christ, but we need to put prayer first because it is really God's plan we're trying to pursue, not our own ideas or thoughts or solutions. Second, we need to be patient because sometimes it takes leaders a while to understand what we've already learned and to catch a vision for it. And then, of course, the perseverance. You can't quit because this is so important. Um, and I want to just so thank you, Brenda, for taking the time to be on this podcast and share your story, because I think it'll encourage folks who are being called into this ministry and God is speaking to them. And as they listen to this, this will resonate with them, you know, and if they're in that position where they're still trying to influence their leadership to take this more, uh, you know, more mainstream and make it part of the church, uh, they'll be encouraged that that perseverance eventually paid off for you guys and will continue to do so. So thank you for taking the time to be with us. And also that you're not giving back. You know, you started by asking questions, getting benefit from the folks at CSN, but now you're adding to that equation by helping others and running the Ohio Stewardship Network. So you're doing what we, we were able to help you, and now you're helping others. I'm so grateful for that. Thank you. You're welcome, Leo, and I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you this morning. It's always exciting for me to talk about the ministry that we have, the Generous Life Ministry, and I hope it's been encouraging to others. Now, I'm sure it has. Thank you, Brenda. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Stewardship Leader. If you've enjoyed it and found it valuable, please share it with someone you think would also find it valuable. If you're not yet subscribed to our podcast or left a review, please do so. This will ensure you're automatically receiving the latest content we produce and also help others to find the podcast. And if you want to know more about what CSN is all about and how we can help you and your church create a culture of good stewardship and generosity, go to our website, christianstewardshipnetwork.com. 
There you will find many resources, our events that Brenda talked about, our annual forum, and how you can become a member of our community. We'd love to be in your corner, helping you and your church develop and implementing a thriving stewardship ministry. Well, thank you again for joining us, and we'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader.